0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thank you for finding us on your favorite podcast app. One great place to get us is Spotify. That is Android or Apple. You also, of course, can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or any of the others. Also, Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing but Net. All of this is free, and we're there every day from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. every single weekday. Also, my new show on Onsideradio.com. The only locally owned radio station here in south florida that does sports onsideradio.com every day from 10 a.m to 11 a.m today i did all heat i did basically an entire hour of heat by myself so make sure that you check that out i didn't have greg and alex there to save me but check that out onsideradio.com and you can download that on all the same podcast apps that you can find five on the floor just search for the five reasons sports hour also five reasons sports.com spell it out f-i-v-e ReasonsSports.com. That's where you can find all of our free sports content on all the local teams. Big news tonight: the uh, the Canes got themselves a quarterback. Jake Garcia has committed to them. So get all the latest on that on fivereasonsports.com. Also today, I needed to change my car insurance. Only one place that I was gonna go. Check out my guy Louis Peters over at State Farm. This is an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the entire United States. Got more than sixty years of combined experience in the insurance industry. These are local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. Louis walked me through the entire thing today. When I was done, I'd saved more than three hundred dollars over what I was going to get somewhere else. And he got me—he got me a great deal—and he got me all the protection that I need. So over a six-month period. So make sure you talk to him. He not just car insurance, but also life insurance, home insurance, and all that stuff. This is personalized service tailored to each customer. He told me if I can't give you the best deal, I'll send you somewhere else. Go check out louispeters.com. Again, that's l-u-i-s peters.com. The only thing I'd warn you, he may talk Miami sports with you because we ended up in a whole conversation about James Harden. He'll be listening to the pod tonight, I'm sure. So call him at 305-275-5585. That's 305-275-5585 or louispeters.com. He's right there on Southwest 117th Avenue, Suite 207 in Miami. Again, that's louispeters.com. And now, today's episode.
1: One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo
0: and Greg Silvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's today's floor plan. No Alex tonight, but we do have Greg Sylvander. And then we have someone who's become a fairly frequent guest of the program. The last time he was here, we were talking soccer. Uh, This time we're going to stick to the basketball. He was just about to enter the MLS bubble. He covered it for ESPN. He's still with ESPN. Stefano Fusaro uh, worked with him a lot about a year ago, a little over a year ago when the Jimmy Butler thing was going on. Now there's something else going on. You have a history covering James Harden, covered the Houston Rockets. We're going to talk strictly Harden here, the three of us, and we're going to get into some of what was written on ESPN.com today by Tim McMahon, uh, a long piece about the Harden, sort of Harden running everything. James gets what he wants. Uh, Nobody says no to James in Houston and how that plays here. I want to start here with you, Stefano. What was kind of your interaction with James there, and what were your observations of the way that the Houston Rockets organization treated him and the way that he treated them back.
1: Well, I mean, it, it was pretty evident. Um, there was, it was pretty evident how much uh, James Harden enjoyed being coached by Mike D'Antoni uh, and that entire, and just how the entire franchise treated him. Um, and it's basically because Mike D'Antoni basically let him do whatever he want, both on and off the floor. I mean, we can even go back a couple of seasons ago when um, much to the uh, excitement Of all the media covering the Rockets, they decided to do away with game day shoot arounds, which was great because we didn't have to cover him in the mornings. But that all stemmed from James Harden. That all stemmed from Harden deciding, look, why are we wasting our time when we can be getting rest? I, I, want, I don't want to have shoot arounds. And that's what happened. A- and it kind of just, that's just one example of how everything was kind of being catered to him all around. You saw it all around the franchise from the media relations people to the front office, to the coaches, to some of the players. Basically, whatever he said, that's that's how it went. And and, and I know that you'll have a lot of people, you know, that'll say instantly, well, he's not a a team guy, not a culture guy. I I, I don't really necessarily, I don't think you can make that assumption on that, but he did enjoy how he had it in Houston uh, and how he's realizing now that it's not gonna be that way anymore moving forward. And that could also be some of the reason why you're seeing his uh, discontent come out in the public a little bit.
2: Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about discontent and uh, and seeing James Harden kind of do some things that Jimmy Butler did a year ago um, to force his way out of multiple situations. I'm interested to hear your perspective as somebody who was so close to the Jimmy Butler saga um, all the way up until he landed in Miami. And we know that there was prior Houston interest, which – you have to believe on some level was driven by James Harden because as they said, you know, everything they did as James asked. So James likely asked for Jimmy Butler and they, you know, there was reports that they offered four first round picks to try to acquire him. I'm interested to hear last year, how much did you hear about Jimmy Butler and James Harden as communicators, as friends? And and just, do you, can you shed any light to that relationship?
1: Well, I, look, I mean, they're definitely friends. I could tell you this from covering, I believe it was three seasons ago, covering the um, Rockets Timberwolves first round series in the Western Conference where Jimmy was still on that team. And I saw them. I literally exited the building with both of them on an elevator and they were talking about how they were going out. So and this is after a playoff game. There is definitely a friendship. Remember, Jimmy also is from the Houston area, so he knows the area as well. So uh, there is definitely a friendship. Uh, There's definitely, I think, a desire to play together. I mean, Jimmy's comments the other day said it himself, but you saw – and also you mentioned, you know, Jimmy Butler and his situations and how he did his things to force himself out. I do think that this is a little bit different. I think that Jimmy – by, by and large, when you talk about Jimmy Butler, he was trying to get to a place where people just had the same attitude as him, that work-hard-grind mentality that he really wasn't finding with all of his teammates in, his, in Minnesota and in Philadelphia. But with James Harden, I think that's kind of up in, it's kind of up in the air because, I mean, he's, he had Chris Paul, he got rid of Chris Paul. He had Russell Westbrook, got rid of Russell Westbrook. And now it's interesting the timing of all these reports coming out now about how James wasn't a good teammate and how he ran the show and, and some players were getting – you know, annoyed with that. It is interesting, the timing, but that's also why I think you can't compare the two situations, Jimmy Butler and James Harden with Harden now kind of, you know, not sure if he wants to stick around here in Houston.
0: I want to follow on the Jimmy stuff in a second, but I want to touch on one thing. I don't want to get too far down the road before we do this. Uh, Tim McMahon's a very good reporter and, uh, and has been covering that market. He's as plugged in, in, you know, sort of that Dallas Houston space as, as virtually anybody. Uh, with, with that being said, it's always interesting to me when these reports come out because they don't come out unless somebody wants them to come out, you know, the rockets organization very, very well. Would the rockets have any motivation to when they're trying to trade a guy and they're trying to build his trade value to trash him on the way out the door? Like that, that's sort of, it doesn't really fit for me. Where is this stuff coming from?
1: I mean, look, I spoke to Tim McMahon. Um, and I can tell you that, you know, some of his sources are former, Rocket staffers so that there is some you know there is some some stuff happening behind the scenes from people who are now on other teams uh but look I mean I I think it's plain and simple there were there were people that were rubbed the wrong way uh, in the Rockets organization with how James Harden did his you know did went about his business and kind of told everyone how things were going to go and I, I think that when you're trying you know obviously the the Rockets are going to look for the trade and look for a a trade that makes sense for them. But if they're really maintaining their stance publicly saying that they don't want to trade him, it wouldn't make sense to kind of try to devalue it. So other teams maybe will get scared off. Now, I don't think that uh, you can argue with the guy on the court. Uh, Some people don't like how he plays, but at the end of the day, it's a three time scoring champ 35, 35, seven and eight last year. And he makes any team better. So I, 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 whether they're trying to trash him on the way out or try to really ruin that trade value um, to try to keep him, that would be the only thing that would make sense. But at, at the same time, like I said, there are people ex rocket staffers on other teams that, that may be leaking some of this information as well.
0: And that's interesting. And I don't want you to give away Tim sources, but I'm just trying to get a sense kind of, of, of how this thing works. Uh, I guess my, by the way, you just dropped an end at the end of the day. And I have to drink uh, Biscayne Bay <laughs> brew for that because the IPA, because Alex, we do that every time our other co-host, Alex, does it, and I, it's only fair to do it with you. So, Alex, in your honor, Biscayne Bay, uh, drinking a little sip of the IPA, well, not a little more than a sip of the IPA I can make right this now, real right interesting
1: I I and keep saying about. at the end of the day and –
0: well, no, you could, but you don't really want me in that condition after this. You really don't. Okay. I trust, yeah. trust me on this. All right. Especially, at, especially after recent events. No, you definitely do not. But, but here's here's another question related to that. And I do want to circle back to Jimmy. Okay. Uh, and, and that relationship and the contrast between the two of them, because I think some of the point is being missed here. All right. About how similar or different these situations may be. Um, is it possible they're they're trashing him, or some of those who are still in the organization are trashing him because they realize he doesn't have the trade value that they thought he might? So it it is better at this point just to to keep yeah, him.
1: I mean, at the same time, I feel like when Giannis signed his his uh, max extension, his trade value kind of skyrocketed there for a minute too. So this could be a, a counterbalance where they're trying to bring it back down if they don't want to trade him. Look, I mean. We, we could talk about it all day and go back and forth. The point is that the, it is the timing of these stories are really just kind of interesting when all of these trade rumors and all of this is coming out, all of a sudden, all this begins to come out from different areas. It's just interesting. There's, there's definitely a, um, an agenda on both sides uh, where this is coming out. And, and I can't answer whether the Rockets would purposely do this to, to uh, to try to keep him, but it does make sense.
2: Yeah. It's almost like it feels like if he was on his way out, why not um, start to leak some unfavorable reports of some, you know what I mean? Like there's a little bit of that vibe where you think if maybe this is a precursor to some kind of transaction happening, but truthfully, since that's completely unknown and, and, and speculative, I, I kind of, it's funny. We keep going back to this place, but I think it's just so paramount to the decision-making process surrounding James Harden in Miami. Um, I, I, so Jimmy Butler has, gained an alliance to Tyler Hero like we've we've rarely seen a veteran latch on to a rookie the way that he has. They approach the game in a similar way. He's taken him under his wing. He said nothing but just you know amazing things about him. And and the overarching question from Heat fans is would Jimmy Butler co-sign getting rid of Tyler Hero to get James Harden just based off of what you know about Jimmy Butler and the way that he has loyalty to certain guys and the difference in approach that Tyler Hero has as a young player compared to James Harden um like do you think that uh that that matters at all when when this decision making process is being laid out
1: look I, I know that they have a great relationship and and you know Tyler and Jimmy and Jimmy but look, I mean, I, th- I think Spoh said it best. Uh, I believe it was yesterday where he says that the response, he said that the the team feels a responsibility to Jimmy to win right now. And, and I think that matters more. And I think that Jimmy wants to win and, and let's be, and let's be real. I love Tyler hero. I know heat nation loves Tyler hero, but who's going to get you closer to the championship this next season or this season? I mean, the answer is it's, it's come on. It's James Harden without a doubt. And, and I think that that matters more winning, Matters more. And if they can do it sooner, I mean, Jimmy's not a young man anymore. And he real, I think, I think you got to realize that James Harden gets you closer to where you want to go right now. And and if you have to deal with some of the baggage along the way, uh, you know, I think it's worth it. And I think Jimmy definitely sees it's worth it. Look, you've seen how much this guy wants to win, what he did in Minnesota and Philadelphia just shows it alone, just how much he wants to win and what uh, he expects from his teammates. Um, Now, and I'm not going to say that if James Harden were to go to Miami, there wouldn't be some issues uh, with some of his attitudes and some of his, you know, maybe lax nature in some in some areas. But uh, at the end of uh, at the end of the day,
0: (laughs) it uh, he gets Oh my God! Hold on! No, I'm going for the Marlins. uh, Marlins now. Thanks. That's two. Okay. Biscayne Bay Brew. Find it at Publix. Ask for it at all your local restaurants. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, look,
1: James Harden gets him closer to a title, and I think that he he understands that. Uh, more than ever, more than anybody and more than ever now after getting so close last season.
0: All right, but okay. And I want to get to the Houston side of this in a second. So I've got like a, a bunch of sort of uh, you know, rapid fire questions related to the Rockets. But before I do, one more thing here on the Jimmy and Harden thing. I mean, Harden looks like he ate. Jimmy. Um, I, I what 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 is that uh, first thing? I, I mean, I mean, how does he go from looking like he was stranded in the desert before the bubble to all of a sudden he looks like he's basically been sitting at a strip club buffet for the last three months when a lot of those haven't even been open? And and to and to the other point is like Jimmy and and Harden like there is this comparison that's being made. Well, Heat culture worked for Jimmy, but Jimmy is Heat culture. Like I mean, like, he's the embodiment of it. Like as as you said, all he wants to do is win. He was pissed at the teammates who didn't want to win as bad as he badly as he did. As I've said repeatedly on the pod, they didn't have to change Jimmy's play style. They just enhanced it. They didn't have to they he, they didn't have to fit him into a system. They just gave him more playmaking responsibilities. Like there was nothing really to do with Jimmy from a basketball player except plug and play, okay? And then if he was happy with his teammates, he was going to lead. That's completely the opposite from Harden, like both from an attitude perspective, uh, uh, demanding things of the organization, but also from a playing style perspective, uh, this idea that like D'Antoni somehow made him an isolation player when D'Antoni was seven seconds or less in Phoenix doesn't make any sense to me. So can you make sense to me, A, how it is that the Heat can make Harden conform to a system, if they, even as great a coach as Spo is, and if there's any comparison between the Butler situation coming here, which you were very familiar with, you were on top of it. Okay. And the Harden situation potentially coming.
1: Well, I mean, I think that we're going to see a little bit of that. Now it's not Eric Spolstra and it's not somebody with um, the track record that Eric Spolstra has, but you're going to see it. If he stays in Houston to start the season, Steven Salas is not going to play that same style. He's already said he wants more movement off the ball. He wants, you know, he doesn't want dribble, 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 shoot. Obviously, Look, James Harden is one of the best one-on-one players in the game or maybe in the history of the game. So you're going to have some of that. And I think you'd have some of that even in Miami. But uh, look, it, it comes down to this. It comes down to will he, is he willing to sacrifice what he likes to do on the court to try to win a championship? Obviously what he's done has gotten him close, but he has, it hasn't worked. And, and I, I do have, I, I really believe that if he really wants to win as much as he he, he says he does, you're going to have to see some of that sacrifice. And I'm banking on any franchise in the NBA, making a guy like that change and making some sacrifice. It's the Miami heat and what they've been able to do with so many players over the years.
0: Why didn't Mike do it though?
1: I just think that Mike, it was a, it wasn't only a Mike D'Antoni thing. I think it was also a, a Daryl Morey thing where, you know, analytics and this all took over and they decided, Hey, we got the best, one-on-one player in the game who could step back, shoot threes, take it to the rim and do a bunch of different things and I think they just kind of rode with that and and, and that's and, and Harden loved it. He absolutely loved it. He said multiple times how much he loved D'Antoni and what he lets him do on the floor. Basically, it, it, you know, he didn't say it in these exact words but he's basically saying like, yeah, he lets me do whatever the hell I want. So it's 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 right. really interesting, but it's it's not going to be like that. It, it, he has to see, you know, Nothing's going to change if he doesn't see it himself. And he doesn't see that some things might have to change if he wants to truly win a championship. And if he goes <laughs> to another franchise, I think that's, it. will most goes hand in hand.
0: Well, especially this franchise. All right. We, we are going to get to the Houston stuff in a second before we do want to tell you about a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. You got to check this one out. This is the daily fantasy game that you want to be playing. We're going to be introducing the new NBA rules here next week. Greg and I and Alex are going to be playing it against each other. If you're tired of losing in fantasy sports, your fantasy team is shot. It's just you versus the numbers. Now, prize picks is the perfect place for you where the injury bug ruin your season long team. You're a season vet. In The daily fantasy space on prize picks, just select two, three, four players. Sometimes they let you go five or six. Predict if they'll go over or under their fantasy projection. Put them together from different teams, and then your money grows exponentially. Okay, you can win real cash. This is not a fake thing. Okay, you can win real cash. Prize picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four predictions correct. Entries are so simple that we can made can be made in less than 60 seconds. So sign up today at prizepicks.com. You can use the code five FIV. It's not just because it helps us. Also, it helps you. You'll get a bunch of promotions. So the code five F I V E hundred percent match on your first deposit, up to hundred bucks. Prize Picks truly daily fantasy simplifies. All right, th- simplified. All right, let's get to the Houston angle on this because we've talked enough about the Heat angle on other podcasts and other platforms. And you guys can check out Clutch Corner from yesterday, the debut of it with Adam Borai. I pronounced it correctly this time. And Royal Shepherd hosting. And they had chef Trillion, If you Austin, if you're not familiar with him, you got to check that out. It's got more than 5,000 views already. Let's look at it from the, the Houston perspective. I was told Stefano a, that the owner was not going to trade him. I was told that the only way that Harden would get out of Houston was if he out Jimmy Jimmy in terms of becoming a distraction it appears that he has. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and I was also told he would not trade him to more in Philadelphia and likely wouldn't even trade him to the Nets with D'Antoni there. How do you view it from the Houston perspective? What is their goal? What is their end game? Would they, would they dump him? Would they get rid of him? Would they try to rebuild? They just acquired John wall and DeMarcus cousins. Like what is the plan?
1: I do think that they don't want to trade him uh, from all the conversations that I've had. They don't want to trade him, um, but they will, if he gets, become like you said, they will if he becomes that massive of a distraction. And if they do, they're going to be looking for – they understand that once you trade a guy like James Harden, you're going to be getting, you know, 60 cents on the dollar in return. They're going to be looking for young players. They're going to be looking for expiring contracts. They're going to be looking for assets uh, to be able to use to try to get someone else eventually, however it may, it may go. Um, they got their quote-unquote stall on a max deal in John Wall. They're banking on him. Um, but I, I, I know that their first – their first priority is to not trade him and convince him to stay. I, I almost feel bad for Silas. I mean, for their head, for new head coach. First-time head coach and having to deal with this mess. I mean, obviously, he wants him on his team. <laughs> his first year as a coach in the league, you want an MVP three-time scoring champ on your team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he becomes too much of a distraction, it's, it's going to backfire on them.
2: Yeah, it's rough when you listen to the press conferences and um, James Harden says, oh, I haven't I've yet to speak with the GM, the new GM, when they asked about like how he thought that he revamped the team. Uh, There's just been some cringe moments throughout those press conferences. And, uh, you know, when we talk about James Harden having to outdo what Jimmy did in Minnesota, how long do you think? Houston is willing to let these cringe filled press conferences and uh, the redundant questions that are going to be asked, and it just it's going to intensify the, the magnifying glass gets more, you know, it gets bigger and bigger. Um, like from the, like the standpoint of an organization like Miami, Shaquille O'Neal had issues with Pat Riley and it didn't take long. And he was, you know, on a plane to Phoenix. And and like that happened pretty quickly. All of a sudden they recognized that wasn't going to work long-term. Do you think Houston is really willing to wait and go through the grind of what this is publicly, or are they more inclined to get something done sooner?
1: I think Tillman Fertita is totally, totally fine. Uh, trying to wait this out. Look, Tillman Fertitta is a very prideful, prideful guy, the owner of the Rockets. Uh, he wants to win. He, he inherited when he bought <clears> – <throat> excuse me. When he bought this team from Leslie Alexander, he inherited a team that was on the precipice that was close to getting to the finals, and he enjoyed the hell out of it. When you saw him on the side of the – on a, sitting, you know, on the court, just inviting guests, partying, having a great time, enjoying it, he wants to maintain – he wants to get make sure that his team – is a playoff team is a contending team. And I don't think that it is without a guy like James Harden on his team. So yes, I do believe he's willing to, to stick it out for a little while. Um, basically until, you know, he gets a, a has a conversation with his new general manager and his new coach where they say they can't take it anymore. I, I do think he's going to try to push this, uh, push this out as far as possible. Well, on top of the fact that he, I did, he's one of the few billionaires that actually did lose some money during the pandemic uh, because well, of there's one laws.
0: down here too, Stefano. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, if you, if you look at the two owners that we've talked about the most here on five on the floor who probably suffered the most because of the pandemic, right? It was the Houston owner and the Miami owner. I mean, you're talking yep. about, you know, travel industry, carnival stock down 70 plus percent. And obviously you're talking about the entertainment industry with, with Houston. And so, I mean, whereas, like, you know, in Cleveland, Dan Gilbert, like, refinancing has done fine. Like, I I don't think a lot of people are looking at that. Owners have been put in very extreme positions. Houston and Miami are two of those teams. And I just wonder if you're Houston, and this is where we're going to close here. We appreciate you taking the time. Again, you can can follow Stefano on Twitter uh, and everywhere else and, obviously, his work uh, with ESPN. But I want to put a bow on it here with you because as we look at how this thing plays out, I mean – if the rockets are keeping Harden, then I assume they're trying to still contend in a pretty loaded, still Western conference, if they're not, then they're looking to kind of, I would think more to the future, even though they have wall and they've got cousins on this you know, sort of make good contract. How does this end? Like if, if Harden goes, maybe it's not now, maybe it's before the trade deadline. If Harden, how do you handicap it? Is it Philly? Is it Brooklyn? Is it Miami? Or is it someone else who has what they want?
1: I mean, it's tough to tell because I feel like a couple of the teams do have what they want. But I mean, if we're talking about Miami, Miami definitely has uh, what what they're looking for. They have the youth in a Tyler Hero, a Duncan Robinson. They have um, expiring contracts all up and down. So I, I do feel like there is there there are the assets available in Miami to be able to get him there. Uh, I do think that this is going to be dragged out. I, I think it's going to be. I think you'll start seeing some more action if the Rockets start the season and and struggle. I think it's definitely going to kind of hype that up a little bit and hype the trade talk up a little bit when if Fertitta and and the Rockets franchise realize this is just not going to work. Look, it really just depends on how the Rockets begin this season. Uh, I think it's going to tell a lot about what happens moving forward, but I don't expect anything to happen, you know, anytime soon. I think it's going to be dragged out just a little bit, um, you know, moving forward. And there's one myth that I wanted to just kind of, put out there uh, because I, I do feel like there are a lot of heat fans that just in my group chat alone with some friends from home are, uh, are talking about James Harden. James Harden is not a great defender, but James Harden is a lot better defender than what we used to see back in 2018, mm. 2017. Right. He has improved on that side of the floor a lot. And I feel like a lot of heat fans don't know that I've watched this guy. He's become a different defender. So everyone's talking about, Oh, he can't fit in the culture because he doesn't defend. That's simply not true. He has done a much better job defending, especially against bigs, which is something that I think Miami could definitely use.
0: Well, now he is one, right? So that's, right. I, I, I tweeted today. I said, you know, who's going to play the two if they trade hero and none and Robinson and, and they've got hard in playing the four. I mean, it, right. I mean, I, is he going to, I mean, can he play at this? I know one of the reasons he's been a pretty good defender is because he's been a pretty good defender in the post, which like you said, defending bigs, so there's some value in it, but we just saw him play light in the bubble. Why, why would he come to camp like this? Like, this, I mean, it looks like he's put on 40 pounds from where he was in the book.
1: Look, I'll be fair. That one photo that's been going around, uh, was him pregame. He did look big. He is bigger than he normally was at the end of the season. He also was wearing like about four shirts. So yeah. when he did take it off, he did look <laughs> a little bit better, but I mean, look, man, I mean, look, what, first of all, what player comes into, if you're not a heat player, what player comes into camp, you know, in perfect shape. And also he's been partying in Vegas in Atlanta yeah. for the last you know month. Whether, you know, we could talk about, you know, <laughs> all the moral morality behind all that, but at the same time, like, yeah, that, that's what you're going to expect. The guy's going to be out of shape. He wasn't going to come to camp. He wasn't happy. He was out partying, but y- you know that you can get into shape pretty quickly when, when you're an athlete like that, you can get into shape pretty quickly. But yeah, you gotta work, and if he's gonna go to
2: Miami, he knows he's gonna have to work. Well, <laughs> major, major Antoine Walker
0: vibes. Major Antoine oh, Walker vibes. Uh, A- A- Antoine Walker vibe for sure, and Dion Waiters vibes. And I, I just can't. I-, I said they should put the damn conditioning test if he comes down here on pay per view, because uh, because yes. that, that would that would you should have Snoop Dogg like he did the Tyson fight. He can basically yes. narrate. He can basically narrate the thing because uh, yeah, that would. I mean, I, the stories that people tell about the conditioning test, and then seeing somebody in that kind of shape have to go through it. I wonder if the heat would just, you know, Oh, you know what? You passed, whatever. Uh, that's the end of it. Savano, We appreciate you doing this. Um, I have a feeling we'll talk to you again. Cause I, I, I don't think this thing, I agree with you. I think this thing is going to play out uh, for a while. Unless Philadelphia says here's Ben Simmons and three first round picks. I, I, I kind of feel like we're headed for, for, for a long haul on this one, which actually for us uh, builds interest. So we appreciate it. Thanks for doing it.
1: Absolutely guys. Thank you.
0: All right. When we come back, I'm gonna have a conversation with Eric Brown. Uh, He's a sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We started a new segment called Value Plays, an occasional segment uh, where he kind of goes around. uh, he's, He's an expert. Uh, in the business world and in the real estate world and kind of goes around, takes a look at some the contracts in the NBA and whether they're advantageous, not advantageous. And, and uh, it's an interesting conversation. So stick around for that. Again, this episode is sponsored in part by Biscayne Bay Brewing, the official beer, the five reasons sports network, inner Miami and also the Miami Marlins pick it up at your local Publix, go to the website, BiscayneBayBrewing.com And you'll find where you can get it. Also ask for it in your local restaurants. This is locally owned, Beer. This is not, this is not the thing got bought out by somebody else. No, these are locals. They're friends of the community. They're friends of five reasons. So please support Biscayne Bay brew. Now that conversation. Welcome back to five on the floor on the five reasons sports network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. We're starting a new segment here, or we already actually started it. We did this once already. We bring on our friend Eric Brown. He's a big Heat fan, Heat season ticket holder, and also a sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We'll get to that in a minute. But this segment is called Value Plays, where we take a look uh, at things from a little bit of a different perspective, a little bit more of a business perspective on here than sometimes we do on the podcast on five on the floor. Eric, appreciate you joining us. You've got three things for us today. Let's start with the first one. And of course this one has been on everybody's mind over the past couple of days.
3: Yes. I wanted to talk about uh, Giannis and his decision to sign the Supermax yesterday. Um, his, he obviously to me, valued his lifestyle over winning an NBA championship, at least uh, in the near future. To me, if you're if you're valuing a championship, I'm not sure that you're re-upping with that roster that is there in Milwaukee right now. In fact, I'm, I'm, I was questioning why he waited so long to sign that Supermax. For me, if I was his agent uh, and I thought that winning a NBA championship was the most important thing, I would have advised him to wait and see if the landscape changed. There's only a few NBA players that really, if they move from one team to another, makes a huge difference. And one of them, James Harden, namely obviously is in play right now. So I would have said to him, and I thought that's what he was doing, quite frankly, uh, uh, waiting to see whether Harden was going to uh, change teams. Something obviously happened. It was apparent that he was going to sign that uh, max extension, Jackie McMullen reported it, uh, that he was gonna sign it. They went out and gave up all those picks and and swaps to get uh, Drew Holiday. They had negotiated that deal even before the deadline in order to get Bogdanovich in and he was involved in it. So it seemed like the table was all set for him to sign. So for some reason, after all that happened, even though the Bogdanovich deal fell through, there was this delay, there was radio silence. So what happened? I assumed that he was just waiting to see if James Harden was going to change teams and affect his championship prospects. If James if James Harden signs on with the Heat, uh, to, uh, and or if he signs with the Nets, if he comes in and brings those two guys that he has with him, uh, 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 Middleton and Holiday, to play against the three guys that the Heat would have with Harden or the three guys to the Nets, that's bringing the proverbial... Uh, knife to the gunfight. Right. So I thought it was a mistake.
0: That's interesting because I, I think other people have talked about it being a mistake in other contexts. Um, but again, the, the counter to that of course is he got his money. I did want to correct something because you actually brought this to me separately. And while we were talking here, I've had a chance to actually get the information and you were correct. Um, Giannis can be traded after one year. It's not two years, as we said on five on the floor yesterday. So it is one year, from the time of the signing of the extension. So he could technically be traded in a year. Although of course, I don't think he went into this thinking that was going to happen. Let's get to number two. I'm going to swap the ones that you and I talked about as number two and number three before the show here, because since you mentioned James Harden, why why don't we get into him next? You have some thoughts on Harden, which actually mirror some of mine, but I I wanted you to get into some of it.
3: Okay. Um, There's been a lot of talk with the heat after what happened over the last few years, uh, where Riley says he wants to remember the culture that he had, he had forgotten it. And I question the value or they're going to value the culture like they say they're going to uh, if they would go ahead and bring in James Harden. There's an article that dropped today on ESPN.com by Tim McMahon, where he talks about how Harden is basically running the franchise, that if the team stays... Uh, is going to stay in a city overnight, an extra night. If it's a city that he likes, like Phoenix and Los Angeles, Uh, he'll he'll stay an extra night so he can go out and party. If they have a couple days off, he'll charter a flight and go party somewhere. He decides on all personnel moves. If they don't contend, uh, he threatens to be traded. I mean, he basically ran the franchise. And while players like LeBron have done some of this, Uh, and, and, you know, superstars earn the right to do some of this. This seems to be to an excess and very much in conflict with what the culture is with the Miami Heat. Westbrook supposedly was frustrated because nothing was on time, practices were postponed, eliminated, you know, canceled, times changed. And that doesn't sound like that would hit (laughs) Uh, uh, coincide with what the way the heat run things.
0: No, and to to elaborate on that, I mentioned this on Twitter tonight, uh, today. I I remember very distinctly being in Los Angeles and uh, during the Christmas week. And uh, one of the things that came out in this story was that Harden used to like to go on off days, you know, get the private jet and go to Vegas, Okay. Uh, But Riley, of course, you know, makes a lot of made a lot of those trips out to L.A., visited his house in Malibu whenever the Heat were out there. And I remember distinctly being in the locker room before a Heat Laker game. I believe it was Heat Lakers, not Heat Clippers. I think it was Heat Lakers being in Staples Center. And this was right after some of the Heat players, including LeBron, Mario Chalmers and Ray Allen, found out that Pat was not okaying a trip to Vegas and they were furious, okay? They were, okay. I just I, I, just know Ray shot me the look from hell when I tried to come over to figure out what was going on because they didn't want to deal with anybody. I don't think that the Heat would be okay with James Harden going on his off day to Vegas. I know COVID restrictions kind of change the equation right now, but under any circumstances, and you mentioned it, they put up with a lot from LeBron in terms of, uh, superstar related stuff, but in the end, Pat balked at it. Okay, in the end, and that was one of many reasons why LeBron left. Not the only reason, but one of many. So I'm with you. And James Harden, for as great as he may be, is not LeBron James. All right, let's get to number three here. Uh, you went around the league a little bit. Let Let's look at that.
3: Yes, uh, I I like to always look at the the value of contracts before the. Uh, at the end of the season, before we started into this next uh, free agent signing period, there were four high-dollar-value, horrendous contracts, and that was Tobias Harris, Russell Westbrook, uh, John Wall, and uh, Kevin Love. Uh, To me, I thought Tobias Harris was the worst. He has four years and $147 million remaining on on his contract. Now, uh, uh, the Uh, Hayward signed for four years, $120 million with with Charlotte and everyone said what a terrible contract that was, but when you contrast it with Tobias Harris, who has four years, $147 million, I guarantee you Philadelphia would uh, flip Harris for Hayward in a heartbeat if the opportunity presented itself. Uh, The other contract, which I think is particularly interesting and would not have been considered a horrible contract up until he got hurt was Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has four years and 157 million dollars left on his contract. By next year, and he you know, obviously had two catastrophic injuries. By next year, he won't have played for two years. He's basically you know, John Wall. You know, at that at that point, he'll have three years and 122 million left, and Wall had has three years and 133 million. Uh, left and he's starting uh, after not playing for two years. I think that presents kind of an interesting opportunity for Houston uh, with James Harden. Why wouldn't Houston uh, approach the Warriors and say, "We'll take we'll take that contract. You send us, you know, maybe Minnesota's first pick and Wiseman, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll take Klay Thompson's contract, and we'll, you know." take the risk that he comes back to form and, you know, we'll, we'll take those next three years. If he does, you got him and John Wall. That's kind of an interesting backcourt. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. Steph Curry's going to be 33 here in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Wouldn't, would I guess my question to you and what I'm wondering is, wouldn't Steph Curry, James Harden, Draymond Green, you know, Wiggins, Kubrick, and whoever else they got, wouldn't that be an interesting team for a couple of years? I think they would give yeah. LeBron a run. Why wouldn't they do that?
0: That's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the clay context is interesting because I, I, I think everybody feels so sorry for clay that they haven't really looked at it in, in the context of the numbers, but you're right. I mean, I, now the only thing I will say with clay is one reason this may not turn out to be a terrible contract although obviously he hasn't fulfilled the obligations of it because he hasn't been able to is that his game is not when he comes back whenever that is i think he's gonna be okay because his game was he's a shooter it it was there's that i mean they call it in golden state in that area they call them clay ups because they're they're his clumsy layups uh he's 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 a shooter i mean he's he's a marksman Uh, he's great at that and obviously he's a good defender and you need lateral quickness to be a very good defender but the athleticism stuff, he's never been an above-the-rim player. So I think most of it's going to come back, but I'm with you. Most people probably wouldn't put him in that category. All right, Eric, where do people find you? Um, obviously, you do more than just evaluating contracts around the league. You also evaluate other kinds of contracts. Where can they find you?
3: Uh, five Reasons Realtor.com. Very easy to remember. Spell it out. F-I-V-E, Realtor.com. Or you can call me at 305 967 Nine zero eight nine, or you can just go to that website and uh, browse all the properties here in uh, South Florida. That's available every single one, not just my listing, all the listings.
0: And Eric doesn't want to brag here, but uh, he can do a little bit more for you than for the average realtor because he does come from a business, a uh, business school background, and obviously that will help you get the best deal whether you're buying or you're selling. And again, spell it out. He sounds like me now. F I V E reasonsrealtor.com. Thanks, Eric. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.